Talks SSE Airtricity League podcast. Richie's here. Oh yeah. I'm good. Um, Richie, everyone's talking about Donald Trump in the States and his election. Luckily, we're involved in the League of Ireland, so we know nothing about bad leadership. Uh, this is exactly it. Or tyrannical regimes, or people who've uh, misspent money fine. to the point of bankruptcy, fine. or that's a fine. somebody with bad hair. That's a fine. You know, that's just... Another fine. Yeah, okay, fair enough. You're racking it up at this stage. I'm like Rovers. Kevin Doherty and Mark McCadden of the Irish Daily Star are both here. Gentlemen, how are you? Good, thanks. Also. Great. Good. Um, this is a very broad question to start with, but outside of Dundalk, what have you made of the season so far? K-Doc, you go first. It's a tough one. I, I, I was assuming that you'd say, what was the highlight of the season? And we're going to start with Dundalk. But, um, it's been tough because... To, to say it was a really good season because the, the Dundalk achievement takes everything away from, from everyone else but you do look at it, the, the progression Cork winning something at the end of the season was, was a highlight I think um, the likes of Bray Wanderers going on, on great runs since Harry Kenny ha, has been fantastic you look at Derry's coming back to, to look like they could be a force again maybe in the next couple of years that would, would, would all go well for the future but um, apart from that being a fairly a lot of, a lot of I suppose you'd say bigger clubs maybe the, the likes of I know Rovers finished in the European places which is, is fair enough but the likes of Pat struggling maybe and both being there around mid-table and, and, and it was great and, yeah I know I know Richie was delighted with that but so it probably from a, a football and, and point, of, point of view it wasn't a fantastic season but Dundalk's achievements obviously more to make up for that I think Mark McCadden of the Irish Daily Star um, I'd like to echo everything and Kevin keep in said. mind sorry just I just want to want you to keep this in mind while Kevin is the assistant manager at Longford, mm-hmm. he can be fined. Whereas you're a journalist, you can't. <laughs> I can say what I like. Yeah, uh, I can also. I can be done for libel though. So uh. <laughs> not on the internet, baby. <laughs> it's <laughs> online or on the line. How do we describe it? No, we're still going to get sued. Oh really? Yeah. If it's published on a website, then we're done for. Oh, I yeah. better take down my website. Okay, Mark. <laughs> what? Um, yeah, look, it's been all done, Doc. Um, for me, and I know that was uh, you wanted me to exclude them from your question, but it's impossible. Everyone to, but done, Doc. You obviously yeah, heard the I question. missed her. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but and even talking about um, Cork City's achievement at the end kind of brings you back to Dundalk as well. But I mean, the fact is that uh, this this FAI Cup win. Cork really probably needed it to to get the confidence and and just build some momentum ahead of next year to push things on. But um, what I particularly love just in the profession that we're in um, was the reaction from the Cork City players to their win. I just think it's going to spice things up so much next year. Um, and believe me, the pages that will will accept the print and you guys will accept yeah. it. The comments on the airways, I, I just, you know, I think it's great because for so long we've had, you know, it's 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 been so kind of plain Jane the 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 commentary on the league yeah. and and the reaction from managers and players. So, I think if the U.S. election has taught us anything, is that we hasn't. shouldn't take exactly is that we shouldn't take our opinions from social media. We shouldn't look at social media and assume we know what's going on in the world because social media, if you looked at it before the election, you would have assumed that Hillary would win. She obviously has not. So the point I'm trying to get to is not everyone knows exactly what you're talking about here. Ah. You're talking about the Mark McNulty video which video. appeared um, from Cork's Cup celebrations. Explain. We may or, which, Richie, can we... 
Can let's, we play a clip? Let's, let's splice it in here. Okay, have you got? Have you got the yep. beeper button, or have you? Oh the yeah, it, it, it's grand. But we, once he's not libeling anybody, we're fine. Yeah, excellent. Curse away. Well, this yeah. this was a phenomenal video. Obviously, they arrived back in uh, Soho nightclub on the uh, late Sunday night, early hours of Monday morning in Cork. Yep, and uh, Mark uh, took to the stage, grabbed the microphone, uh, whole squad behind them, and um, the, I can't remember word for word the comments, but it was basically. Um, I'm not gonna not gonna repeat all the effing and blinding, but it was it, it, it was it was basically talking about how everyone was it was all about Dundalk. It was uh, all the build ups about Dundalk winning the cup and so on. And Cork showed them. And uh, yeah. do you know, you know what? We'll play it here. No one gave us a fucking chance. There was one fucking in this country. blame him because for McNulty in particular it's a pretty sweet thing because he was there when they kind of first re-coalesced as, he know, was the only Cope. player that started yeah. the cup final that was um, a player when they were Cork City like, Forest that when can they you came imagine, back can you imagine like having been to the depths that Cork were at and to get themselves back together to get themselves on a stable footing and to be in a position whereby they've been the perennial challengers to what we kind of accept as being one of the better sides in the League of Ireland history, if not the best. Mm. And they've been a few points off, yeah, in the league for the last few years, but not that far. No. Those have always been the matches that have been regarded as title deciders or the Cork Dundalk ones. They've been in the last two cup finals together with them. This Cork's in, at the level that they are at the moment, but for after dragging themselves up by the bootstraps for the last six years, and for the two clubs in the country to have been in pretty similar positions within the past decade... I find that absolutely remarkable and it's definite cause for hope and cause for optimism I guess yeah. for well, a lot of other clubs I I, I, I was um, asked to write a comment piece in the paper about the video and the contents of the video earlier this week and, it, and I I presume they were looking for or they expected a kind of a you know slamming McNulty for his thing but no I, I, I absolutely uh, I did not partly because of the history of McNulty at the club yeah. um, and and because of the fact that we we in the media will uh, absolutely eat up the um, added spice next year that it will bring to Cork City yeah. Dundalk fixtures but you could even see it bubbling under the surface after the game I spoke to a couple of Cork players and when I put it to them, look, you had to win today, didn't you? They said, well, we've beaten Dundalk a couple of times this season. You know, we have come close. We got through a couple of rounds of Europe yeah. and no one gave us any credit. So I can see why they're frustrated. But problem is, they didn't do it in the game that mattered. Just like yeah, in previous yeah. seasons, didn't do it in the cup final last year, didn't do it in the league decider two seasons earlier. Kevin, when you were playing and even when you're managing lads, and you'll probably find this with Longford now, a lot of questions have been asked of these guys. I know you and Alan came in quite late yeah. so the relegation is completely 100, 110% not your fault thanks I thought you could have done better at the end there Kev seriously <laughs> it's not more you could have done but I'm just saying if it was um, who would have kept Big Sam would have kept them up that's all I'm saying that's all I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> he, actually, he actually did go for the job anyway um, yeah look have you ever dealt with players who were just purely driven by that just that whole thing of we're not getting the credit we deserve and it it kind of it kind of gets embedded in them in them and it drives them. Um, I, I'm trying to think. I don't think to 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 the extent that I can totally understand McNulty's reactions and frustrations. And, and now I know yeah. he might have went about it maybe the way he probably shouldn't have. But it is. It's been rammed down their throats all year, and they know, and they're not a million miles off on Doc. And, and we've all said that here. 
even today. And I'm sure John Caulfield was using it before the cup final, for example. And when something, when that message is being rammed into you and rammed into you, it gets you, you, like it eventually gets in. And, Alan and Bennett you, said you knew it was an issue, but it wasn't said. Yeah, well, it's obvious because as, as much as we said Cork did get through a couple of rounds and stuff. The whole story, the whole we've already been talking about the League of Ireland story this year was Dundalk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Cork, as you said, have beaten them. I think that's the third time they've beaten them this year. And they didn't do it when it really in in the league when it when I suppose yeah. went on crunch time and that had to be credit to Dundalk, but Cork didn't turn up that day. But they t- I, but they used it as a as a motivation for the cup final and, and it paid off and, and then you just look, the season's over, you release whatever frustrations and whatever emotions come out after the, after the season and winning the Cup is, is, is an amazing achievement for, for any club and to be able to get those frustrations out. Yeah. Like, fair play to them. I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm glad they did do it. We will talk about other clubs, but how important yeah. is it for Cork that they hang on to Sean Maguire? He was a massive difference this year. 29 goals to quote Brian Kerr's TV commentary and Lord <laughs> knows I've watched it enough. Uh, he scored 28 goals before this, but it's the 29th. That's how he'll be remembered. Yeah, look, he's been so important to them. Look, the, the goals alone, and even the way they play, they 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 changed their their style a bit this year. When O'Sullivan was up front last year, maybe they they did a, went a bit longer. But they're going back to even the, the cup semi final against Pats, going back to the quarter final against Rovers. Sean McGuire was the was the big difference, and holding on to him is is now going to be a, a big issue because although he's been away before, he seems to I've heard him talking even he seems to be a lot more mature now and. His head is on his on his shoulders. He's fairly, he seems fairly grounded, and yeah. he'll obviously want to play at the highest level he can. So yeah, John Caulfield said after the game because I said it to him, it was a gamble bringing him in, and it's a gamble that paid off. He said it wasn't a gamble. He just had to get his head down and work, and he has. Well, he seemed he seems to be a, from look. I don't know him, but from from looking from the outside, he seems to be a, a good professional. And maybe I don't know if he was like that when he was a bit younger, going from Waterford away, and you're, you're a young lad going away. It can be quite difficult. Particularly when he when he came home and he had a couple of loan spells, but in fairness to him, he's knuckled down and he was rightly he was young player of the year, rightly so. And I said top goal scorer, keeping and he was the difference. He scored the winning goal in the cup final the other day, scrappy or not. He was there, he scored the winning goal. So it it is a massive thing for Cork if they're going to progress and challenge to keep hold of him. Mark maturity has obviously played a part in how far he's come this year, but also the fact that he's been the focal point for Cork City attacks, and that might necessarily have been the case for him as a player. God, gone back for the last four years. I mean, from mm-hmm. we went from Waterford to West Ham, where you know you're tri- striving to make an impression there. You come back, you have a few loan spells. Uh, you're kind of second string at Dundalk as he was last season, so you don't really have the impression to make there. But going from being the main man at Cork, he can either continue on that next season, stay at that level, or he might go back to doing what he's had to spend the last three four years doing maybe mm-hmm. if he goes back across channel it's a bit of a tricky one for him now I know there's obviously a living to be made and all those considerations John Caulfield mentioned those as well but it's a big decision that he has to make I'm not sure how much influence Cork have in it or do they have much in it themselves yeah look it's a huge decision for him to make I mean I mean, Kevin knows himself how difficult it is for a teenager to go across to England and, and just be d- dumped into an academy with hundreds of other kids and um Sean is another example of of where players have have done that and benefited from coming home and and playing here. His decision is, you know, is he ready to? The decision he has to make, sorry, is is he ready to go back again and try his luck over there, or is he should he establish himself, you know, and and show that this year was no fluke, um, and that he actually has the ability to play, you know, to to progress up the up the ranks, um, uh, in terms of in terms of leagues. 
Um, it's hard to know what he'll do right now, but I've no doubt the options will be there for him in terms of having a decision to be made. It seems to be pretty certain that there is a decision to be made there. I mean, the build-up to the cup final was talk of, you know, could they hold on to him for next Mm. season? And even in the immediate aftermath, with all the interviews with John Caulfield, was the suggestion that Mm. there have been pretty solid notes of interest from from I think more than one party do we know where they're coming from yet or is it a case of wait and see um, I think it's a case of wait and see there would be a bit of championship interest and I think a little bit of league one interest in them now um, I can't think of specific clubs right off the, off the top of my head um, but I have certainly seen one or two mentioned in, um, in regard to him so yeah. um, I, you know again it's it's a question that only he can answer is does he feel like he is mature enough and ready to go back across the water we've seen it happen with say Carl Shepard his teammate and maybe Carl Shepard would be ideally placed to advise him. Carl obviously came back home, had a spell with Galway, um, you know, Rovers in Europe, and he um, went back across again and has and came back home again. So you know, Carl could obviously say, "Look, this is when you feel ready, or this is when you you, you mightn't feel ready." Yeah. He might be the fellow that he should have a long chat with. Pat Fenlon raised a very good point, Kevin, on off the ball during the week. He said that Maguire could probably actually do with another season in the league to develop strength wise and maybe even maturity wise and he said that you know that's been very good for Daryl Horgan who may very well get game time for Ireland against Austria on Saturday yeah there's there's a lot to be said for for playing another season and playing every week because who who knows if he goes to a championship side or even a league one side there's no guarantee that you're, you're going to go straight into into the team I know Richie Tell he's, he'd be an example and he was, he's been injured and, and good to see him making a comeback this week there's no guarantee you, that, that you set the league alight here and, and walk straight into anything so there is more than likely a guarantee that he'll play every week for Cork and they'll be yeah. up competing for honours again. So there's a decision to be made, but there is that decision where if he gets a really good offer, that you know, there's, there's lifestyle issues, there's family issues, whatever. Like, you know, you, 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 you might have to strike while the iron is hot because it mightn't come around again. That's the sort of decision that you really have to make. Yeah, the family thing is, is, is a bigger thing, I think, than we realise. He mentioned mm. after the uh, Cup final in an interview with Red FM, um, that his dad goes to a lot of the games and that means an awful lot to him and that mightn't be possible in England I don't know but you know the family thing obviously does matter um, moving on we've talked about the two quality sides in the league this year an awful lot Cork City and Dundalk but what about the quality of the league Mark is it too broad a question to ask was it better or worse than it has been in the past well, generally I, I was talking to Pat Byrne yesterday for uh, the, the piece in in today's paper Shamrock Rovers Pat Byrne Shamrock Rovers so exactly, what you're yeah. telling the, me is, is you're ripping off our ideas even though you're the one who gave me his number in the first place uh, that is 100% what I'm saying <laughs> um, classic <laughs> typical tabloid press <laughs> yeah. by, the way, by the way can I just say pretty much any of the legends you've heard on the podcast this season the number has come from Mark who has been kind <laughs> enough to share his info with us I've basically just been giving you rogue numbers yeah. and I've been putting on accents on the other <laughs> end of the line so. they have been convincing the yeah they have they? but um, he as the last um, League of Ireland player capped uh, competitively yeah. and Pat was uh, talking about the standard of, of, of the league now compared to when Rovers were doing the four in a row in his time and he said you know there were, uh, his time there was four always four or five clubs that were genuinely competing and in contention and pushing them whereas now it's just Dundalk and Cork so you have to argue that you know that the overall standard below Dundalk and Cork has has slipped I mean 
Derry have you know taken a taken their own uh, game up several notches, and you would expect them to improve again next year under a very good manager. But you don't know what direction Shamrock Rovers or St Pat's are heading in because obviously Rovers haven't appointed their new manager yet, um, and St Pat's will it remains to be seen the the kind of squ- makeup of the squad next year. Um, so you wonder if the league will improve, but certainly th- this past year, it's, uh, it, Dundalk has been a fantastic story, and, and the rivalry of Cork has been a great story, um, because outside of that, you know, it, it, is, it has been quite weak. That thing of four or five teams challenging for the league, we haven't. I'm trying to think when the last time we actually saw that was. It's, it's a it's a fair while ago. I'm kind of going back to was it the 09s 010s 11s this world even was the supposed- three way playoff back in was it mm. 92 93 that kind of direction that's yeah that's, that's a long time that's 24 years ago it's nearly a quarter of a century ago we're talking about for you know three way playoffs and such Kev it, it, that kind of thing I don't know how you necessarily go about bringing everybody up to a similar footing I think from a consistency point of view I think it was nice to see that no Premier League tr- uh, side was in trouble this year. I don't yeah. think, and there was nobody. I think that, without wanting to pick on anybody, I don't think the, the sides that got relegated are the sides that were involved in the dogfight. There wasn't even a case of anybody wondering from week to week, is this going to be able to continue? Everybody that was in the top twelve seemed to be on a pretty solid footing. And for me, I think that was a pretty positive thing for the season. Yeah, it's been a while, as I said, no asterisks, no points deducted, and stuff like yeah. that. So that I know it's probably a given in most leagues that you shouldn't have to even talk about those things, but. Unfortunately, that's the way it's been over the, over the last few years. As regarding the the competition and well, a, a possible thing that if could happen if Dundalk happened to strengthen, like they obviously have to have the financial ability to do so now. The trickle down effect, you know, you might get lads from Dundalk leaving and, and signing for other competing clubs, your Rovers, yeah. Pats, I'm Cork, whatever. You much know, guaranteed sure that that is going to happen. I yeah, know one player who is possibly going from Dundalk to Cork City. Oh, well, well now spill the beans Mr. Rumors here yeah. I can't did I not make it here I actually can't tell you no there is a look everyone we all probably know that if, if there is talk of lads signing for for as you would put them like top clubs from Dundalk and that trickle down effect might make it a bit more competitive and, and have three or four teams it's going to be look we, we probably all know it. it's going to be very tough again Dundalk going for four in a row now to try and match the Shamrock Rovers team that it's been spoken about already, but Mark, um, yeah. it's it's going to be tough. I, I even when I was playing, going back to, I came into the league in two thousand and one. It was always us against Pats, us yeah. and Pats, and then it was us and Bows, and then it was Bows and Rovers, and very few or Cork and Derry mm-hmm. at one stage with Shells maybe around oh five oh six would have been three teams. But apart from that, the, the quality of the league is actually probably too broad a question because when you talk about quality, you're getting into the point that Richie quite rightly raised about teams not getting into trouble and that's actually part of the quality question but what about the actual quality of football at large Kevin well it's, like I spent the first half of the season in the first division and, and it's a different level altogether but having come in then to, to Longford and, and, and looking at some of the teams I've been quite impressed I thought the quality has been quite good mm. um, what impressed you what surprised you maybe or what's I, I changed would, it hasn't changed that much is what, what I thought so going back to when I suppose going back even Again, when I was playing, that a lot of the teams were full time, and and it was a decent standard and generally accepted. It was a good standard when seven or eight teams were full time in the league. I think the quality has been there. There've been a lot of younger players playing in the in the league, which is gonna again, you would hope, would would improve the league in in the future. But in, in terms of quality, I've seen some really bad games. Like even going to watch other teams that you might be playing the following week, and it's a nil or one nil. But you see them in the Premier League. Yeah, you like, see that yeah. anywhere exactly like, yeah. and that can be sometimes a stick that 
given to beat the league that oh, that was brutal that match was on the telly you see that all over the world but I think in, in, in terms of, of players coming into the league you look at even lads coming in from different countries playing for Derry and Galway and there's a de- I, I think it's been a decent enough standard I don't, I, I don't think that in fact I think it's improved over the last three or four years maybe mm-hmm. the, the quality in, in, the, in the league for a couple of years before and those those preceding years it mightn't have been as good I think everyone knew yeah, look, that. If there were three or four teams playing hoofball, I'd kind of start to worry about it. And, you yeah. know, if all the pitches were in dire rag order, you kind of start to worry about it. But that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, there's surfaces that could do a fix, and we're looking at Dundalk being one of them, yeah. uh, possibly Dynamo being another. But, you know, nobody's playing really ugly football for the sake of just surviving. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I, I, I might come across uh, quite harshly on um, some teams now because uh, there have been, you know, success stories outside of obviously Dundalk and Cork and, you know, Bray obviously had been mentioned earlier as, as, as one of them and their unbelievable form under Harry Kenny. In, Considering the fear that encircled them at the start of the season as well yeah. because they were one of the ones we mentioned, Asterix, I was kind of fearful that of the teams in the top two divisions, I think one of the first ones that might get into trouble was Bray. It just yeah. didn't happen. Quite the no. opposite happened in fact. Mm-hmm. No, they they've been outstanding. Like they they're producing championship. They've produced championship winning form in under Harry Kenny. It's as simple as that. He's he's been in charge, I think, for seventeen games, and they uh, I, I remember looking up the stats, and they either were level on points with Dundalk or a point ahead of them for those seventeen games. It's crazy yeah. stuff. It was all um, sparked by that win against Dundalk, wasn't it? It was absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so they've been a success story. I suppose you can you look at Sligo Rovers and they'll say that new manager uh, came in. Obviously, they did a slow start, but they've built on that and and can look optimistically ahead of next year. Um, you know, again, Bowes, uh, Keith Long um, has has some decisions to make in terms of players. He's keeping players. He's letting go players. He's bringing in. He desperately wants to build and improve for next season so you know like I say I don't want to sound harsh but it's just the fact that Dundalk and Cork I suppose have, have raised their games to such a level that it, it, the the gap between themselves and the rest um, or maybe outside of Derry at the moment um, does seem quite quite vast Well Kev you were like you mentioned part of a shell side that had two or three maybe uh, close rivals and you'd seen others replace you then in the years then after that how do other sides go about bringing themselves up to that level how does say a Pats or a Rovers or you know maybe even a Sligo take that next step up to maybe challenging Cork and, and, and Dundalk well I think there's two ways of going about it like the obvious way is investment and getting better players in it's as simple as that like it, it's no coincidence that generally the team with the big, biggest budget wins the leagues and it's it's been that way for the majority of, of my time certainly in the league but the other way I, I, I like the the dairy sort of story that they they have their squad now and they're signing lads on two-year deals and it's continuity. Like there's, as I said, there's two ways of going about it and I, I think that's that's important for, for, we'll just use Derry as this example, that you keep the nucleus of that side that has done well and a better experience and add one or two and again, you have to have more investment for that. But I, I definitely think that by keeping a, a squad together, learning, competing, going and compete again, you'll be a little bit better next year and I think that's one of the ways that you could find it... it even out a bit more that, but the, the problem not a problem it's a good thing but yeah. Dundalk will improve that's my firm belief How one of the main things that I've seen in the last six months is uh, a fear that Dundalk will become this giant super club that financially can outmuscle anybody else within the league the one thing I've always said to temper it is like they have to improve Oriel Park obviously and there's a lot of investment and a lot of their money that they've earned over the past two years are going to go towards that but also in terms of attracting players 
they're still swimming in a fairly small pool regardless of the money that they have I mean you're not going to bring players back over from England necessarily of a certain level so they're all going to be kind of similar to what you already have it's just a case of tweaking here and there I'm not sure how that would parlay itself into being a dominant super club if it could at all um, I suppose when you look at it they've they've earned about 6.6 million I think so far from their Europa League run right when you take away travel expenses, player bonuses, um, and and so on, they're probably going to clear between three and a half and four million. That's excluding future earnings over the yeah. next two games and qualifying, hopefully, from the group. Um, when you consider the work that's going to be done or has to be done at Oriel Park, even just to modernise slightly the the facilities that are currently there, not 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 building a new stadium, um, and obviously to improve the pitch you're taking another chunk out of that so there's not going to be um, like you say game changing money where they can bring in five or six internationals or what have they're you they're not Scrooge McDuck as no. <laughs> so it's got you know they're not going to um, uh, suddenly uh, just become this power that you can pluck out of the League of Ireland and put, put move over to England and, and the Rosenberg factor isn't going to happen it's not no no not that's built on sustained success in Europe and sustained earnings in Europe mm. but what it will do is it'll give them the opportunity to offer you know anyone they want in the League of Ireland an extra couple of quid on top of what another club is offering them so they do have that advantage but um, my my thing on it, I th- I think it's a good news story, and and I I, I just despair at kind of the people who who bemoan it, um, League of Ireland fans who bemoan it, because as far as I'm concerned, we need someone at the top dragging others up rather than clubs at the bottom dragging teams down, which I think has happened far too often. And it has to come from the clubs themselves, doesn't it? Because it's not going to come from anywhere else. Well, ultimately, it's their responsibility, isn't that right, Kevin? Okay, yeah. I'm at work. We're told I'm sorry. Um, gentlemen, what would you like to see next year that you didn't see this year? Again, a broad question, but that's what these end of season reviews are all about. Anyway, tumbleweed. Yeah, <laughs> not for getting promoted. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> well, that would be that would be the start. Great parking there, actually. That's great. That, that's the, by the that, way, that's a genuine concern of mine when I go to games. That's the second mention that Longford's parking has gotten in this but podcast. This season. But like the you second. go there and you're not worried about getting a spot. Anyway. <laughs> you know, like you go to Daily Mount, it's a pain in the hoop. It's a horrible place to go to. I'd rather you didn't say hoop around Daily Mount. You know, you go, to, you go to Tala <laughs> and it's grand. You get there early enough, you get into the car parking place, Cork City. Generally, I go there early enough and I know all the little nukes and crannies to get into. It's fine. Um, all the other clubs I don't worry about because I don't really go. But it's got great parking That's it's a point. great ground actually it, yeah. it was a big thing I, I played there for a couple of years and it was always a, a nice ground but even going back the first time whatever a couple of months ago you actually get a lift going into that if you've been mm. down have you this year to I haven't been down this year, the, the, it's just everything is just, it's just everything is set up to to go back to the yeah. that'll be the yeah I think you answered the question for me Richie that'll be mine for it, Longford to get back into the Premier League every club wants to be the next Dundalk and no pressure there's a lot of similarities between Longford and Dundalk yeah well apart from one that the, like this year obviously Dundalk I suppose has more of a more of a football town I suppose you could say and yeah. and, the, and the supporter bigger support but then they probably didn't have that support when they were down the bottom of the league yeah. like that, that that's the thing there is a model there that everyone will, will want to do and like, ironically enough Stephen Kenny did did very well with Longford as well so there are similarities and and you'd love to think that that's what every, I'm sure every club was thinking. Them, what what Stephen Kenny doing? What are Dundalk doing? And, and everyone's going to try and, and, and try and copy what they're doing, but that's probably at, at the moment in, in in football in terms that's where the similarities end. 
is that one of the things Mark that you would like to see next year that we didn't see this year maybe this is a cliched old question actually isn't it a spread of clubs like Waterford United there's talk of investors there by the time this is released we might know a bit more detail about that but is that important to have the likes of Waterford Longford Galway Sligo those kind of teams Limerick we have to mention as well yeah, Limerick yes. as well like, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're looking to see um, teams from big catchment areas where, where, where there's a, the potential for large support um, and uh, you know obviously you'd love to see a nice geographical spread and it not just being the kind of greater Dublin league um, I, I think the return of Limerick and the return of Drogheda two clubs that can bring big support to the league uh, or to their clubs when they're doing well is, is a positive sign um, obviously not so positive that it's at the expense of Longford but um, you know it, yeah, had to rub it into <laughs> desperate but we're um you know in terms of the broader question as well it's 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 been a year that you know where obviously the the main focus has obviously been on dundalk and they've hit the back pages um of of the papers uh, a phenomenal amount of times and and you just love from from our point of view and i know the other lads in the business as well and and they're all league of ireland fans and when we see a a dundalk or a a league of ireland player on the back page it's 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 fantastic for us you know and love to see more of that i'd love to um hint hint editors um (laughs) i'd I'd love to um i would love to see uh uh you know a waterford and a longford come back to the premier a strong water for a strong long for come back to the Premier I'd love to see um, Sean Maguire and Daryl Horgan stay strong possibility that at least one of them probably won't um, you know because you just want the best players playing in the best grounds in front of the largest crowds uh, possible Yeah it was odd this year Dundalk kind of jumped off the sports pages and you found people who would never talk about League of Ireland talking about Dundalk I had the producer Pat Kenny demanding to know why I wasn't using a clip from their interview with David McMillan in my bulletin. It was the most surreal moment of the year. Wow. Uh, a Dundalk player. Uh, more surreal than Pat Kenny show. More surreal than Stephen Kenny winning Tatler's Man of the Year. No, that was expected. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kevin, you had a look at Drada. They're coming up. How yeah. are they going to get on? Well, they were very good the other night. You, you were at the playoff. The yeah, I was, at the, I was at the second. Now, God, it could have, it could have finished three all. It could have been four or five all, but. They were very. I thought Wexford start, or started them much better and much brighter. And Danny Forlong had a great chance, but Stephen McGuinness pulled off a, off a great save and would have made the, the tie three 0 and would have been tough uh, coming back. But in fairness to Drogheda, they dug in and they got a, go- a great goal. Sean Brennan got a, a really good goal just before half time, and he could feel the everything lifted. You know the the ground. Mark was saying good support up there, like in a tight ground, and, and just right before half time they scored. It gave them a big lift, and then the second half was chances again either end I think the difference in the two goalkeepers could have been the, could have been yeah. the difference in the game because McGuinness again pulled off some, some really good saves and I don't think Graham Doyle was, 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 was very good to be honest but I think they'll I've heard Pete talking about it already they're, they're going to have to strengthen um, he, he, he had mentioned that it might not necessarily be a, a great thing for them to go up bizarre as it sounds because he, he, he might have to rip the par- team apart now I don't think he'll have to rip the team apart but he will have to had a bit of probably Premier Division experience that, that a fair few of that squad wouldn't have. They'd probably do okay, yeah. But you will certainly have to. We've 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 spoken about the the gulf in the in the first division and and the Premier Division a lot, and and it is there is a big difference. But having said that, that's I think that's three years on the spin now that the two teams from the first division have gone up in the playoffs. 
So like the playoffs and the champions obviously go up. So like I I do think they're capable of performing with that squad, but I I, I definitely think he'll add a bit of experience and quality to it. Mark, we saw Limerick go up with about twenty odd games to spare. Uh, such was their quality, and such was you know we talked about teams with the biggest budgets performing the best in the Premier Division. They were operating on a Premier Division budget pretty much this season, Limerick. So it was expected they go up. Um, how will they fare? I mean, it seems as if they could almost be a top five side considering the squad they have, considering the way they play football this season, considering the crowds they can attract in market field. They're going to do okay next year. You'd expect so. I was really disappointed with the um, second half performance against Pats in the EA Sports Cup final. Um, I think that was... That was an opportunity for them to make a kind of footprint. It really they didn't was. didn't really take it. Like. It really was, absolutely. And, and uh, I suppose for Martin Russell, it gave him an opportunity to see the areas in his side you know it, it, it might in the long term there may be a silver lining in that it gives him an opportunity to see where he needs strengthening and, and, and I'm sure he'll be the, the budget will be there to do so during the winter um, I, I don't think they need too much work I mean I, I definitely don't there, there, there won't be a side that will be struggling next year in the relegation dogfight they'll be more looking at the challenge for European spots or certainly uh, finishing top half of the Premier Division Um Again, it, it it all depends on you know. There's so much because the Premier Division, League of Ireland, is 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 a league where players move around so much. You know, you can make all the predictions you want at this point about next year, but there's going to be so many changes, and so many different clubs. Lists, yeah, yeah. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. Shane Keegan to Galway that makes things very interesting, doesn't it? Yeah, look, he you know he he did well at, at Wexford again, a minuscule budget, and he had them fighting to the end to stay up. Um, I think he, you know, I enjoyed watching them play in the few occasions that I saw them play. Um, uh, unfortunately, I didn't see the five four, which would have been a, a, a cracking match. Um, but you know, he's he, he certainly is a promising manager. They they obviously were looking elsewhere. They were looking across the water. Things fell through with with a couple of options there. Um, so they've gone to someone who knows the league, uh, who has experience in the Premier, and um, you know, will will is is young enough to learn from the the mistakes of this year and and take them into next season. Gentlemen, we're about to wrap up. I don't want to ask for your a player of the year um, but I do want to ask who stood out for you this year because I, I think player of the year awards are massively unfair like one individual can't have been that much better than everyone else I've never liked them with the exception of Lee Keegan he was amazing in the football <laughs> um, Mark I'll start with you I'm going to say uh, Chris Shields um, and I know we're going back to Dundalk again but you talk about the journey he's been on from four years ago almost been hounded out of Dundalk um, to being someone who in Tala Stadium a couple of weeks ago and again in St. Petersburg last week took the ball from a center, from from one of his centre halves and turned into like Axel Witzel and was able to play find a teammate it's phenomenal. He's he's improved even in the short space of time. And he said it himself since Martin O'Neill came into the dressing room after after Bade Barasov and and spoke to him about or made a joke about his passing. He's even improved on that again. He's been outstanding. He's he's been one of the unsung heroes. Uh, I know he won of our, our, our uh, the Soccer Writers Player of the Month award just uh, just, to, just for month. yeah October, for yeah. October and richly deserved because it it, it, it he deserves the. He deserves to have his what he's what he's done over the past four years, um, kind of I suppose uh, you know, <laughs> put into something that he can put in his mouthpiece. Yeah, other players who stood out. Um, uh, Greg Bulger has been outstanding for Cork, and he was a crucial signing for them. He 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 was he's been a massive player in 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 their 
big big improvement this year um, I'm looking forward to seeing more from um, Ogbeni the, the young striker there who came on the cup final and almost scored the winner uh, he looks a really exciting prospect yeah. if he's still around next year well, there are rumours go on go on, go on. Go no on. genuinely he's one of the ones that has been connected to a move away now I may have read that in like Metro who have pretty much admitted they make up transfer rumours but but you'd hope to see him around and hope yeah. to see him improve because he's been someone who has impressed in the short space of time he's come in. Um, trying to think further further down the league, there have been some uh, excellent performances for Der- for Derry City again. I haven't seen them enough uh, myself, but just, just uh, talking to people who'd see them quite regularly, um, they certainly have uh, a lot to build on for next year. Um, and, you know, Sean Boyd obviously made a, a very impressive start mm-hmm. for Shamrock Rovers against Bowes and um, so kind of you're looking at me when you're saying that you instantly turned to me as soon as he said <laughs> impressed against Bowes <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and he, you know a, a young kid he, he kind of faded out a wee bit after that so it'll be interesting to see how he copes in his second season okay. Dylan Connolly is Bray as well oh, give a mention sorry, the, uh, I, you know yes it's just it had him had him in a kid at home farm and then he came to Shells and he lit it up in the fourth division a few years ago and went away to Ipswich and Obviously, it didn't work out for whatever reason. He came home and his, his girlfriend had had a child and he came home and don't even think the season started that great for him, but he absolutely was on fire for probably two thirds mm. of the season. And, and again, you're the one for the rumours, Oshin. There's a lot of rumours about him. These are him. not rumours, gentlemen. These are solid facts. Well, this one's a rumour about Dylan Connolly and, and, and possibly moving on, but if Bray can hold on to him, I think he's, I think he's been fantastic this year. Yeah, I have to, I have to agree, actually. That was a, 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 a shocking omission on my part now. He's been... Oh, I'm glad he you is. left one for me anyway. I wanted to... <laughs> <laughs> no, he has, he's, been, he's been incredible. Yeah, he's been, he's been absolutely he's phenomenal. He's got pace yeah. control. Oh, he's the quickest... Yeah. Pr- probably the quickest player I've ever seen in the league. Yeah, yeah I've seen yeah, him a couple yeah. of times, actually. He really stood out. Um, anyone else stand out for you, Kevin? No, well, I was waiting to say Dylan Connolly for the last while. But I think <laughs> you got... Not so much new players. You look at Alan Bennett and Kenny Brown at Cork. Oh, yeah. Mm. Like the two of them, even in, even in the cup final, like you know, they're, they're not the youngest of the two of them. But they, I think they've um, Kenny Brown, like Bulger, great signing for Cork, and Bennett's been there, done it, like you know, and and was really good again the other day. And and I I think they've been massive to Cork, the two two big centre half experience. You need that, like if you're gonna sustain stuff and and have title challenges and, and, and cup challenges you, you need that well, bit the Dundalk thing has been built on with Gartland and Boyle as well, yeah you know? well I just yeah. didn't want to go back to Dundalk again because we, we, we've it's too I, know, I don't want yeah, Cor- yeah. I don't want Cork giving out about about the podcast as well but I definitely <laughs> think <laughs> about everything else yeah I, I definitely think that, that they deserve a, a mention yeah Kevin O'Connor as well left back has been he's been yeah yeah, yeah. played two games BK yeah. Hacking Scored two yeah. or played two games. And he played with the twenty-one to one night and then played with yeah. Cork the following night as well. Yeah. Ninety minutes. Each crazy, time. crazy. You know, but yeah, he's he's been he's yeah, been he's excellent. Been good and even yeah. McNulty at, at thirty-five uh, has probably been the keeper of the year. Well, he'll he'll be getting my vote for keeper of the year this year. Yeah, it's ex- it's exciting, isn't it? The prospect of mm. Maguire, Bulger, Ogbeni, O'Connor all in the one team for Cork next yeah. year. I mean, if they have if Ogbeni can move on from where he is and prove even more, that could be. That could be what Cork are just short of made up. Yeah, yeah. I expected you to kind of expand on that point, but that's okay. He <laughs> <laughs> turned to me for my one. I'm after, I'm running out of questions. I was hoping you could dig me out. I was just going to say Kenny Shields would probably be one of my standouts as well. Just for the like, we talk about drawing eyeballs and attention to the league, and you talk about uh, people lighting fires in their clubs and bringing people up a little bit. One of the main concerns, other than Bray heading into the season, was Derry City and. That just turned out to be a side whereby uh, they play pretty decent football. 
they got some good results and weren't outside I don't think the top four for the majority of the season and he he's a special knack we, we spoke to Eamon Donahoe over in Scotland at the start of the season kind of going what can we expect from this guy and he yeah. said just quotes upon quotes upon quotes and he hasn't let you down and I don't think we've had a character like that whereby they're a bit of a personality on the sideline I can actually you know put together a pretty decent side since dare I say uh, and invoke the name of, of Roddy because we've had a lot of very good solid managers in the league we've had the likes of Pat Fenlon do pretty well um, we've had Stephen Kenny obviously more, more recent times and John Caulfield needs to mention too they're all pretty you know not reserves probably too uh, harsh a word but they're you know they, they operate within themselves they don't they're not out, massively outgoing they're really decent football men but somebody who can add a bit of life and a bit of spark and then cause a row I like a row yeah. I don't like to see people in trouble but by god I like a bit of scrap you know I hear the assistant in Longford is a bit of a firecracker for that kind of <laughs> stuff. Yeah, no comment. This table will get torn over. No comment. That's a fine. Refusing to do anything. Uh, gentlemen, I want to thank you very, very much for coming in and I want to thank you not just for your contribution today, but uh, across the course of uh, this, the maiden season of the SSE Electricity League podcast on News Talk. Um, management don't know we're doing this, so we're definitely <laughs> going to get a second series. If they find out, <laughs> if they find out, we might get a spot of bother, so let's uh, let's keep it low-key. We've got a, a cult following. Isn't that what don't, you say? Don't uh, tweet it. I think you've spelled that slightly wrong, but yeah. Oh, that's the kind of cheap joke <gasps> that I'd expect from a goals fan. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Happy Cheers. Christmas. Oh. <laughs> what? It's the last one before Christmas. It's got that kind of end-of-year feel about it. That's all we're tinsel. It's intermission time. We're happy to have you with us tonight and hope you'll come back often. So the lads are gone now. Richie, we can... Um, you may phone them. Yeah, we can pretty Say. much take down and bitch about everything they said. We can slag the star and say how long for they're going to wallow in the first division for the next five years. That's true. We won't do that because we're not dickheads. Well, we are dickheads. Are no, we, let me just clarify that. We are, uh-huh. to a degree, what one might term a dickhead. But we're not that much. We never go back and basically crap on the doorstep of our wonderful contributors who've yes. been as generous uh, throughout the course of the season as Mark and Kevin have. And the... God, if we start listening, then we're going to forget somebody, so we won't. Uh, but everybody else who has come in during the course of the season and offered their time, whether it's in person or on the phone, uh, to this little charade that we have going on here, uh, it's been uh, it's been it's been rather great. All of them did it on a voluntary love of the league basis, and for that we appreciate them so much. Unlike us, who claimed an extra ten grand in our salaries for this, <laughs> bringing us up to ten grand. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, now we did this. Um, this is. Horn blowing of our own. We did this off our own bat. Um, I suppose just for the sake of the league, to give it a little bit of extra oomph um, and the coverage in the station. So I just did it because I was bored. Yeah, pretty much they the won't same. let me on off the ball in studio. So I said, okay. There is good reason for that. Yeah. yeah. So I said, what else will I do with my time? There's only so many GA matches I can watch off YouTube at my desk. So yeah. I said, why not? Give the little people of the League of Ireland a hand. <laughs> little pixie heads. You guys, you needed it. I felt bad for you. I was like... God, you hurling I, I'm people. I'm kind of like a... I feel like Bob Geldof. Oh, God. You know? Your facial hair is as bad as Geldof's. Bob Geldof and this podcast yeah. is like a League of Ireland live aid. So me. what you're saying is I'm your mid-your. Yes. I'm the person who put as much time and effort into this thing but will <laughs> never get the same amount of credit 
because I am a dwarfish Scotsman. Well, that's not true. Dan Kelly performed in both Dublin and Sligo one day for the podcast. He did actually, didn't he? He did. Yeah, and you... Phil Collins, Philadelphia, London. For those of you too young to get the joke, they'd be too old to get. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, uh, cheers to Dan who put in a lot of heavy lifting over the course of the last few months as well. The annoying thing now is how the conversation about the league continues. I suppose because we've got this like five month follow period whereby nothing will really, four months, where nothing really happen. Um, so I guess the continued performance of Dundalk in Europe and possibly, who knows, Daryl yeah. Horgan and Andy Boyle in, on the international stage uh, kind of continues the conversation, keeps things in people's minds uh, and not you know, not in a negative way, which is the positive as well. We will do special podcasts on Dundalk and you could argue that this podcast has been largely on Dundalk anyway. We did try <laughs> I to think, no, do you know teams. what? Do you know what? I think during the course of that conversation it did you hate to say it Dundalk's a given I just mean this, this podcast at large also yeah. Yeah. I don't know I don't think we've gone overboard on Dundalk to be fair um, I don't think I think, I think I think the listeners all five of you if you could get in contact would probably tell us how well or not this has covered the league in general <laughs> League of Ireland people I don't care what they do <laughs> <laughs> ah you do uh, but yeah if you've listened well if they support Cork City yeah, yeah I do uh, if you've listened over the course of the last uh, seven eight months thank you uh, your time has been uh, noted and been greatly received and it's been nice to know that there are other like-minded people out there who like us throwing in random Simpsons quotes into a podcast. Hey Lenny, you said it's about going mail? You know it. I'll probably say it's up tomorrow. I hear that. We do appreciate your time. Thank you very much. As I say, we will be back over the next couple of weeks with special Dundalk podcasts but that's it for the League of Ireland podcast Actually, we never really settled on it. We were calling it different things all throughout the year. The News Talk SSE or Tristy League podcast. That was the one that stuck. I think going into it, we we have an an idea that, well, do you know what? We'll do the first two. And if we stumble across a name, then great. And we just went, no, we'll keep it with the clunkiest one we can possibly throw on it. Because that's what suits it. Given a a slick name would be bollocks. Let's be honest here. Would be utter, utter bollocks. And not everyone calls it by the sponsor's name. So, Eritricity, you know, if you want to give us a little deal on our bills. Christ, okay. I probably shouldn't have cursed there in that bit then. They're probably not going to want to. Nah, fuck knows your grant. Ah, grant. Yeah. Perfect. Okay, well, look, if we didn't talk about your team enough this season, or if we didn't do a whole pile yeah. on your team, you're absolutely right. We do hate you because, Richie, why do we hate them? You're minnows. You are minnows. Yeah, minnows who will never achieve anything in the game. And yes. you're just going to stay circling in that position you're in now. Trying to think, I'm after mentally going through the 20 teams across the two divisions. I there's t- 20 teams. Isn't there? Is oh, sorry, there's the first division. Yeah, there's the first division. We've got near pretty much everybody in some way, shape or form, I think, over the course of the year. Yeah, we will be back, so we will often, get to everyone. Oftentimes positively as well. <laughs> yeah, sometimes positively. <laughs> um, look, I slagged them off, and rightfully so. But there are good people in the FAI and they've been quite helpful, maybe not directly to the podcast, but this season with regards to accreditation and information and all that. I do thank them. Um, I thank all the clubs who have made us welcome when we've got along. I've got along to a lot of you this year. And if if I didn't get along to your ground, it's because I hate you because you're a minnow. And they've Uh, also been a pleasure to deal with in terms of getting people on air as well, getting managers and players and all that kind of jazz too. If we've wanted phone numbers and to get people on air and on podcasts, they've been really helpful. So cheers. This was my first time covering the league regularly. For about seven or eight years, yeah, I'd gone to games and I watched games on TV yeah. and sporadically did stories. But this is the first time week to week for about seven or eight years that I covered the league. And I have to say, it seems to be a far more mature place. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. No. Are there still issues? 100%. Totally and utterly. Yeah. On both the club side and the FAI side. 
But it is getting a little bit better. I think I'm far every, more confident about it now than I was seven, eight years ago. I think everybody has a sense of where they are at the moment. I don't think anybody is necessarily putting on the poor mouth and I don't think anybody is overstretching, which has, of course, been the uh, downfall of several clubs down through the years. Um, but to see, as you mentioned in that chat, to see where Dundalk were four or five years ago to where they are now, to see Cork yeah. City where they were six years ago to where they were last Sunday, I mean, that should be the inspiration and the textbook by which all other clubs study things and good things can be achieved from pretty small beginnings there can be miracles if you believe is what you're saying get out get out can we not end it I on I haven't hit my love of musicals throughout this whole season I don't know why you're getting so pent up about this now it's yeah it's just that particular in fact one. it was your idea to have the soundtrack of Seven Brides for Seven Brothers <laughs> As our theme. Thank you. That was for, your idea. For those of you who've spent the last few months trying to figure out what that was, it was indeed Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if any um, League of Ireland people are theatre people. No, none of them are. Yeah, Oikes, course. the lot of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They've never exactly. even read a book. Well, listen, I'm going to go shower off with incredibly hot water and get back to rugby and uh, GA. Yeah. It's been nice I'm, spending time thanks. in the, uh, yeah. in, 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 what will I call them? in the slums I'm going to go and pray that Roberto Lopez doesn't sign for overs over the course of the next Why? while because I want him to stay boss. Okay. I love you Pico you're great Okay. Uh, you can get him on Twitter at Richie McCormick and me at Hoshin Langan thank you very much for listening it's been a pleasure thank you very much for playing if you were a player thank you very much for managing if you were a manager coaching if you were coaching and thanks to all the people who go to League of Ireland games keep going tell your friends get them to go along as well I do slag it off but of course that's in jest it ain't the perfect product but it's a good product he and I like it and going to live events going to live football there's never any harm in that no and he wouldn't slag it off unless he actually liked you exactly if I slag you off exactly if I slag you off it means I love you uh, so yeah until uh, until next time cheers yeah take care bye bye